It was uh, maybe within the last five or six weeks, uh, we were here at church for one of our worship services that weekend, and um, at some point in the service, this very dear soul said, I love this church, loud enough for everybody to hear, and I was so tickled because she had said what I had been feeling for the last three years. We moved here from Colorado uh, where I was on staff at a church there in the Littleton area. And we loved our church family there as well. But we had moved to Kinmundi and we started serving the Lord and started worshiping here. And there has been so many different things that we've gotten to see and be a part of. We got to see life change. We've gotten to see baptisms. We've gotten to see marriages restored. We've gotten to see weddings. We've gotten to see, uh, well, we didn't get to see any births, but we've gotten to know about births. We've gotten to see a lot of, and be a part of a lot of things already in just the, the few years that we've been here. And it, it's gotten me to think, because church isn't all that pleasant all the time for some. And I don't know what your church experience has been prior to being at Ken Mundy Christian Church, um, but I actually, with all this pandemic stuff going on, uh, Josh was unable to make a meeting up in Effingham, and he'd asked me to fill in for him up there for that. And it was with a bunch of other churches in the area, and they were really fretting about, um, at that time, not being able to meet as church family. And it, it was, boy, it was a downer group, let me tell you. And I, I had gone, and, and I knew where our, our church family, our leadership here, our church family uh, was at on the issue of whether we should go back to church meeting regularly on the weekend or not, because we, we see it in Scripture. We're to follow the authority of those uh, who are over us. And so I was ready to, ready to go and ready to discuss those types of things. The... As a downer group that, that that was at the time, they had shared some different things, different concerns that they had. Some of, they, they were concerned some of their church family would not ever come back to church because they'd been away for so long. And um, it came time for me to talk. They'd asked us to give our um, thoughts on what was going on. And I, I'm so proud of you. Because I was able to say with confidence, um, we're in the best season of ministry as a church family that we've ever had. I say, we, we, we've seen lives changed, we've seen marriages, we've seen uh, marriages restored, we've been a part of weddings, we've seen some different things. Um, it is different than it had ever been, but that doesn't mean it's not good. In fact, it's been really good. It's been great. And I cautioned them and I urged them to, to consider and stay positive because as ministers uh, and leaders in churches, what I said, guys, how many of you 
have prayed in years past or maybe decades past for dads to be able to be at home more or for um, families to, to be able to spend quite a bit more time together, not, not be so athletic-centric. How, how, many, how many of you guys have been praying for that? And some of them said, well, yeah, yeah. I said, you're in it right now. Don't wish it away. I said, make the most of what you've got in front of you. And so this sermon series that we've been a part of, and, and thank you so much, as, as a church family, that, that I can speak confidently and, and that I'm not embarrassed about you. I, I'm more than confident, and I hope you feel the same uh, regarding uh, your church family here at Kim Mundy. Um, this sermon series that Josh had started five weeks ago, this is the sixth sermon within this series on Stay Positive. And this is a, a, a unique opportunity um, when we're dealing with scarcity, Sean spoke about it just a little while ago. Zach did earlier in the service as well, the aspect of giving and, and living uh, confidently um, because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. It, it would be really easy to slip into a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset is, um, the reality of it, 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 it you think this way. He says, there is not enough. That, that's what it boils down to, is, is that statement, there's not going to be enough. And, and if you can imagine, on your outline, it's in a, uh, oh, from left to right for you. Um, if you can imagine more of a circle. I, I couldn't do a circle on the outline. I'm, I'm not that snappy. Um, but if you can imagine God at the top, and he's the one who provides, we uh, consume, and then we also then feel like we're lacking, and then we then fear. God provides, and we go in this cycle, this scarcity cycle, where we think there, there's never going to be enough. And you can be a, um, somebody who's maybe far from God uh, or somebody who is a Christ follower, and you can have a scarcity mindset. Uh, some of those ministers, at least at that time in that meeting, I think they had a scarcity mindset. The thing that concerned them, it seemed to me the most, the thing that concerned them was not only issues of attendance, but issues of giving. They didn't know if they were going to be able to make it. And there was this scarcity mindset. I know that it doesn't have to be that way. And as you walk confidently and you're staying positive, that you can have an abundance mindset. And it's it's a, 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 just a totally different way of looking at things. And that's where instead of there's not going to be enough, you're thinking or saying there's more than enough. God provides. There's always been enough. God's always provided enough. And if you could, rather than this cycle that um, those with a scarcity mindset run into, uh, it, this is more of a, if you can think, God, God on, on your left and you on the right, and God provides, 
and you trust and you give and you manage and you're in this relationship with God and he's providing and you're trusting and you're giving and you're managing and God provides and you're trusting and giving and managing it's a totally different way of doing things there is a passage of scripture that that helps us understand those two different frames of, of thinking. I skipped over it already, but in Haggai, which is an Old Testament minor prophet, uh, Haggai chapter 1, verse 6, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump back to that. And I want to, th this is what was going on. There was all kinds of trouble in the nation of Israel back then. And this is the flavor of what was going on because there was a lot having that scarcity mindset. And this is what is said in Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. That's what it feels like. That sounds kind of depressing. A never-ending cycle of dissatisfaction. On the other hand, with this abundance mindset, I wanted to share with you a particular passage of scripture that John or Paul had for those believers in Ephesians. And it, it's actually almost prayer language. Uh, he's, he's writing this letter to them, but he also almost starts writing into his prayer journal at the same time. So what I would ask for you to do right now is if you would all stand as this particular blessing from Paul to the Ephesians, I think fits incredibly well from Paul to us as his faithful followers here in Kinmundi. This is in Ephesians chapter 3, and it starts in verse 14. This is what Paul says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees, and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And he says at the end of this, this is why I know it's a prayer, he says, amen. You may be seated.
this aspect of you as a church body being and growing in likeness to him is no small thing. In fact, a couple of years ago, uh, before I was even on staff here at the church, um, the leaders, elders, Josh and different ones had asked if I would come and um, be with them in, in some meetings and different things about leadership and, and just healthy church stuff and, and that type of thing. And I was, I was glad to do that. And one of the questions had come up um, during one of those meetings that said, um, what can we do? Which I appreciate so much. That's a different thing is than, that, that's a, an abundant mindset, um, like we talked about just a, a moment ago, uh, rather than a scarcity mindset, which says, uh, we can't do anything. We don't have anything here. But, um, but that was a, a healthy mindset. What, what can we do? And the idea came up uh, of what we're going to be doing now. I've asked the, um, the elders that are able to be with us this evening, if they would, uh, go ahead and stand up and start passing out um, some stuff that, that we talked about. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we got to thinking about some different things that we could do as a church. And, and I'm always, whenever I have the opportunity to teach or preach, I always automatically run to the, um, the applications thing. These guys are elders, your elders here at Valley View. Now, what's so funny, and maybe funny to you, is I'm older than all of these guys, in some cases by decades. Um, but our elders are, are godly men, and they think and look and see things the way God thinks and looks and sees about things. And so we put this together. Now, what I would like you to do is not open that envelope yet. If you have, shamey, 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 um, no, uh, I, I forgot to tell you that. Please, please don't open that yet uh, because um, that's going to be part of what's coming up here in just a minute. In an aspect of provi uh, provision is uh, principles of provision. There is uh, some different things that are, that are going on here in, the, again, the Old Testament, starting in 2 Kings. And I'm going to read the, the first part of this. Some of you know this, this story incredibly well. Um, but this is about uh, between Elisha and this widow, and this is her circumstance. Starting in, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4 of 2 Kings, it says, uh, One day the widow uh, of a member of her group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. So this was somebody that had worked with, with Elisha. And, uh, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons away as slaves. So she had, I assume, some type of a relationship with God, uh, and it was different than yours is, but it, it was. And she, she knew this prophet, she knew this man of God, uh, because her husband was involved uh, and actively involved in, in relationship with God and, and doing the things of God. Uh, but now things were not good. Maybe she'd not been able to pay bills. Maybe she hadn't, you know, all kinds of medical stuff. Who knows what was going on? But things were not, not good. And she um, cries out to Elisha, this prophet, and says, 
the wolves are at the door, they're going to take my voice. Do not diminish the things or what God has given you. Because as we see, as that story continues, in 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha says, What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me what you do have in the house. She says, Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil. She replied. That's all she had. That's all that she could think. She had nothing. She couldn't think of anything that she had. Now, in that envelope that you have received from one of the leaders here at the church, go ahead and open that up. In that envelope is either a $20 bill, a $10 bill, or a $5 bill. Now, don't be upset if it's only a five. Don't be overjoyed if it's a 20. That's all we could swing. It's going to be one of those. Your leadership here thinks enough of you and more confident in you that you're going to be able to do some great things with that, whatever it is. A five, a ten, or a twenty. A number of years ago, I did this same experience with a Sunday school class. Adults, uh, my mother-in-law was actually in town that weekend when we were living in Arizona. And she came, and what I had actually done was I taped um, envelopes similar to what you've got. I taped those under the chairs in the classroom. And they had no idea they were there until at the appropriate time. I said, okay, reach under your chair, pull that out. And there's nothing under these chairs. Um, but I had them then pull those out. And I said, okay, here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do something. You, you've been given a gift. You're going to do something with it. Now, some of you came in and you opened that, and maybe you were surprised, maybe you were thrilled. Uh, I doubt anybody was disappointed. Maybe, maybe you've never been to a church where they actually handed out money. Um, not many of us have, um, but it's, it's a, um, you've got an opportunity here. My mother-in-law uh, this is my wife, Gail, over here. What they did, uh, they actually pooled their resources together. My mother-in-law made um, killer fudge. Gail's noodles are worth fighting for. And so what they did was they bought enough noodle-making stuff and enough fudge-making stuff and then invited a bunch of people over because what they wanted to do was use their resources to fund some missionaries that they knew in Africa. And so, I, I don't know, do you remember how much that was? It was maybe $30 worth of resources that they had. They purchased those things, uh, and it was in the hundreds of dollars that they were, they just kind of put a bucket there at the house. My backyard was full of people, and there was resources that were made available to go to Africa. 
Maybe you know of a, a family in your area, maybe down the road or across the street or at your school, that needs something that only you now can provide. There are some rules that, that I'm going to share with you in a little bit, but it is interesting how Elisha deals with this because of what God is doing. It continues on there. It says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can find from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jar, setting each aside uh, when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars, and she filled one right after the next or the other. That's what she did. She, she was told by the prophet to do. Now, I'm not a prophet. Um, I'm not even the son of a prophet. But I do have some encouraging words for you. You're going to get to see and do some things with this resource that maybe you've never thought about before. I showed up one time um, at a restaurant and, and purposely got water. That was it. Um, I also left a surprise for our waiter it was a $20 tip for a half a glass of water. That was real. What can you do? Some of you are here with your families. And you might be able to pool your resources together and figure out and decide and determine, okay, we're going to do this or we're going to get a gallon of gas or several gallons of gas and we're going to mow yards like nobody's business. Uh, we're going to do uh, some amazing, we're going to pay for the people in the vehicle behind us for their, whatever they're ordered. It's amazing what God, the creativity that you'll have and, and the opportunity. I, I'm looking forward to it. In fact, so much so that I am encouraging you to text me. Don't call me. Um, text me what you're deciding to do and how you're going to do that. In fact, here's, here's my number. Ready? Write it down. It's, it's, I've still got my Colorado number. So it's 303-552-8988. 303-552-8988. I want to hear what you've done. Don't call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, don't even call me at 9 o'clock at night. I'm usually in bed by then. But I, I'm interested in hearing what you are going to be doing or what God is going to be doing through you because you've been given. You have more than enough. You have been given a gift. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. But the story with Elisha and this widow continues not only did she do what she was told, so her sons kept bringing the jars to her. She filled one after another. In verse 6, it says, Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar. 
uh, she said to one of her sons, uh, he said, there aren't any more, he told her. Um, And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Now, a flask, for those of you that may not be aware of it, Tiffany, if you'll hold up that bottle of water, it would maybe contain, if it was a big flask, it would maybe contain that much. Um, That's, what, a 12-ounce, 16-ounce, 16-ounce bottle of water. That's not very much. But it filled every jar that they could find until they didn't have any more jars. When you live open-handedly and you see what God is doing, it'll be amazing for you. I mean, I'm excited about it for you. I'm, I'm thrilled because I, I can't wait to get your notes, uh, your texts, hearing what you're doing and what has, God has done uh, because it, it's gone so much further than you thought. Now, for those of you that think, oh, well, it's really not enough to do much with, don't, don't tell me that. I, I know better than that. I drive regularly. It's in the parking lot over here to the north. I drive a 2003 Ford F-150 pickup that has 311,000 miles on it. Um, it it's going to keep going. <laughs> and it's going to keep going. And it's going to keep going. Um, because I expect it to, (laughs) but also I I really think it's because of what God's doing. Am I proud of it? Mm, Sometimes. But boy, has it been a tool for our family. If you can imagine, there's, it's a extended cab, not a really nice, it's just a two bench seats, stick shift, um, yeah, 311,000 miles on it. And if you can imagine a family of six and a dog and uh, at one time a bunch of plants making their way from Missouri back to Colorado, uh, all in the cab of that truck, uh, that's only by the hand of God. One of those people being six foot seven in the back seat that's that wide. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I am so excited for you because I think you're going to see things that maybe you've not gotten to see before. And as you're pouring and pouring and pouring, you've got a God of more. As you pour, you've got a God of more. As you pour, you've got a God of more. And it's all that aspect of the different things of of seeing things differently than maybe you had before. Uh, If you had been somebody that was always in a scarcity mindset or in that cycle of worry, 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 and not staying positive, that would be unfortunate. So do not diminish what God has given you. God often does the extravagant through the insignificant, but also, number three, God's abundance often follows faith. God's abundance often follows faith. 
Now, some of you may, you, you may decide the best thing you can do is drop it right back in one of these boxes. You certainly can do that. That would be really disappointing. Because I think God wants so much more for you to experience. I think God wants and is eagerly excited about what you're going to see, what you're going to get to be a part of how you're going to be a way maker for somebody. As you may even have opportunity to share Christ with them. Um, there are some instructions I want to share with you. One of those is it, with this resource, with this blessing, with this oil that you've been given, is uh, I want you to spend that, or I want to encourage you to spend that, uh, outside of yourself or your family, your immediate family. The challenge you, you may have thought as you came in uh, or opened that envelope, um, oh gosh, this is going to help me with a, a particular bill or I'm going to be able to get cigarettes with this. Or I don't know. Um, what, what I want you to do is, is spend that or invest that beyond yourself or your, your immediate family. So, so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, if at all possible, be creative. Think about how far that can stretch, what, what God could do with that as you're, you're doing. You may want to use whatever that is and, and put more resources with that. that. That's purely up to you. But, but be creative. Think, think about God is, is a God of creation. We've seen about him all the time. Think about the opportunity of creativity. Also, be a good steward, manager, giver, vessel. Be a good vessel. Be a good tool, resource for the kingdom. Those are the only instructions that we have. We want you to experience what God wants you to experience. We want you to see things again that you've maybe never even seen before. In this wonderful resource called the Bible, there's a passage of scripture that I want to share with you. I asked you to stand earlier to hear that prayer from Paul. I want to ask you again to stand now as we hear this from Paul to the Corinthian church. This is a passage of Scripture you may be fairly familiar with, but it starts in verse 8 of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians. It says this, And God will generously provide all, your, all that you would need. Then you will always have everything you need. Listen to the, the words here. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others, as the scriptures say. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat, and in the same way he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. That same thing that is said for those Corinthian believers, those Corinthian churches, is for you as well. 
that same truth that worked for them can work for you. I have no doubt that you're going to get to see and be a part of something maybe you've never gotten to see or be a part of before. I'm also more than confident, and I don't want you to misunderstand me. This is not a give-to-get thing. That, there, there's nothing scriptural about that at all. But I, I'm more than confident that you will be able to see things you've never seen before when you live with open hands. As you manage, as you trust, as you follow, as you give, as you resource, as you follow God. And I can't help but think, even in this environment, I love this Thursday night group because it's kind of like the, the comfy old sweatshirt type group that you just love to wear. I am more than confident that there may be somebody here as well that needs to, and maybe you're seeing things for the first time, you've gotten to see or taste a little bit, and somebody has shared with you the truth of how big God is. And you want to make a decision. You want to follow Christ and because you've seen, because you've tasted because now you know how big he is. Would you pray with me as we continue? Lord, we want you to just do what you do. Thank you that we have the opportunity to be a part and to follow you faithfully as stewards, as managers, as those who've been given a gift. Thank you that we can be life-changing aspects for others because you're so big. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray and all God's people said, amen.